If you like the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash slipangleshow, and you can visit our new home on the web at www.tracktuned.com backslash slipangle. You can also leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot. And I'm Adam Jubay. And tonight we have Mr. Hayward Wagner on the show. How's it going, yeah. Hayward? Very well. Very well. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, Hayward is the director of, uh, what is it, Experiential Programs at SCCA? It, it is. We uh, we affectionately refer to ourselves as the lab. We are the the test center for new ideas and uh, and things that are outside of the usual SCCA Hardcore competition window. It's like SCCA Skunk Works. That's exactly it. <laughs> That's a, we actually yeah. we actually pitched Skunk Works as the original concept or the original idea for the department name. And did they and, tell uh, you that it's? Decided, did they tell you that it stinks? That's pretty much what we came to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it started already. The puns oh, yeah, it's and the jokes. Quick, quick early night tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Hayward. Hayward is actually one of the men of my dreams. Actually, um, Ooh. he. Uh, uh, once in a while, I daydream or actually have dreams about winning the runoffs, and then Hayward jamming a microphone in my face. Um, but uh, oh, I thought yeah, you were going somewhere else. No, you know that, <laughs> that's that's probably the coolest part of my job. And and yeah, the, yeah, I, and all these guys that that I get to talk to, a lot of them are married, and a lot of them have kids. But the reality is, I get to talk to them on what they actually believe is the best day of their life, and uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's uh, you do a good job doing the uh, the trackside interviews and the commentary and stuff. Um, especially the last couple of years, the, the SCCA's uh, uh, coverage of the runoffs has been really professional, really, really good. So. Yeah, when you get guys like Greg Kramer and Randy Popes and uh, uh, Dorsey Schrader to uh, do the commentary, it makes up for Jeff Lepper uh, pretty quickly, and uh, <laughs> it comes to a pretty good balance. Yeah. Uh, well, tell us uh, tell us how you got started with SCCA, and you kind of grew up um, with your parents as members and active participants and stuff, correct? Yeah, my parents um, were actually the first flag chiefs at Road Atlanta, and uh, uh, were flag chiefs all through the the, uh, the early years of the runoffs there, and that led to my dad uh, being the national administrator of flagging and communications. Um, really, as that was. Uh, coming of age as a as a national presence since since its annual, uh, and uh, my dad was really uh, a college professor at the time and was really dedicated to making sure that he had uh, contact and input from all the divisions. So as I was a kid, a lot of my family vacations, all my family vacations, were going to racetracks around the country so that my parents could be connected to uh, different areas and, and different groups and. Uh, uh, I just kind of grew up in that world that the Chimney Rock Hill Climb and uh, the runoffs at Red Atlanta were uh, more important than the first day of summer or Christmas in my house. And then uh, uh, as soon as I got uh, – <clears throat> of course, back in my day, you had to be 18 to do uh, do anything in a hot area. So I didn't get to flag until I was 18 and uh, started flagging and started autocrossing and uh, it kind of went from there. 
What, uh, what else have you done uh, professionally besides uh, have a cool job with uh, kind of everybody's hobby? Um, I, I've, where, what's your background as far as that goes? I, I've been pretty lucky to, with the, uh, in the cool job world. I, uh, uh, I, I did uh, immediately out of, out of school. I started working for SCCA as a contractor in the National Solo Series. Um, I was driving the pro solo truck around the country and, and writing press releases. And that got me into the world of ride and drive and worked for a couple of, couple of cool. different companies doing uh, ride and drive and automotive marketing events. And then uh, uh, in 2008, when the automotive world just kind of stopped working, um, I, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, was uh, really kind of out of options for a while. And, and I got a tip from my now wife that I could uh, potentially get hired with a summer camp that she knew some people at. And uh, I grew up in scouting and, and going to summer camps and really believed in uh, all the things that camp can do for kids. And so I, th I thought it'd be a great opportunity. And so I went and started working in summer camps and that led to uh, some outdoor leadership and high ropes course leadership education stuff. And um, as the automotive industry kind of came back on online, uh, I had an opportunity to get bring some of that to automotive and uh, it's really given me a, a really great perspective for this experiential programs concept because being able to go and work with adults and kids in an environment that's completely non-competitive um, and then bringing that mentality into the motorsports world, uh, it, a lot of the stuff that we're doing with Track Night and Starting Line and, and the other programs that we're working on are really born out of uh, the things I was able to learn from some amazing educators in that world. That's uh yeah that's probably a pretty good background as far as starting uh the track night stuff is dealing with uh kids at summer camp and and the like that's that would probably cross over pretty well wouldn't it Yeah it really does you know what what track night at its core is a recreational program and uh yeah, we yeah. want it to feel like a 4 hour uh weekday afternoon summer camp for grown-ups if and you know if cars is your thing uh, this is your summer camp experience. And, uh, you know, on the starting line side, I think it's very rare as an adult that you get to learn a new skill. And generally when you learn a new skill, uh, even when it's uh, a formula in Excel, uh, there's some, some exhilaration in learning something. And when you have an opportunity to teach adults a new skill that happens to also be really exciting and fun for them, um, <laughs> it's it's really powerful stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's what those programs are really based in is recreation and education. You want to, uh, Hayward, tell us about the how the track night experience runs for somebody that has never been uh, and has never been on track. Uh, they sign up. Uh, where do they sign up and how does the whole thing start? Say you didn't know anything. Walk us through the steps of that. Yeah, you know, uh, doesn't know anything as our target market. Um, we, we're really looking to create opportunities for people who've never been on track or never been to the track. And, and uh the the whole process starts with our website, uh, tracknightinamerica.com. Uh, we have a, a comprehensive need-to-know section on that website that covers uh, frequently asked questions, uh, which we which we refer to as what's the facts, and you can abbreviate that one on your own if you like. Um, but we also carry <laughs> into uh, – it takes a second, right? I get it. Yeah, uh, I get it. <laughs> uh, we, we also carry on our website um, you know, just all of the basic – foundation knowledge uh, that we feel like is important to be able to get involved in the activity. Um, if you make the decision that you want to sign up for an event uh, and you come out in our novice group, we 
one of our foundation principles of the program is we want as few steps as we can possibly have between uh, when you leave your work or your home and when you're actually on track. And so for our novices, it starts with about a five-minute novice uh, welcome just to kind of touch touch base with them, let them know why we're here, what we're doing. Uh, and then we put them out on track behind a pace car and we, we put them in helmets, we put them in their belts just like they would be on track and we give them a feel for what the, what the track is going to look like. Uh, what it's going to feel like to be wearing a helmet on track um, and, and really give them a baseline so that when we start our education process with them, they know what turn four looks like because we can draw it on a map all day long. But until you've actually seen what an off camber downhill corner looks like, uh, those things don't mean a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And and so we want to we want to give them a, a foundation to be able to, to work from. Um, and then from there. We go on a 20 minutes on track, 20 minute debrief, 20 minute break rotation. Um, we come off okay. the pace laps. We spend 20 minutes with them. Uh, we talk about the etiquette. We talk about the attitude. Uh, they get their first uh, session. Uh, we bring them back in. We do a 20 minute debrief and, and continue on that. And then our core message here is that uh, this environment, everybody's on the same team. This is an absolutely non-competitive environment. Uh, the flaggers, the officials in pit lane, the other guys on track with you, everybody's on the same team. And and the goal of your team uh, is for everyone to have fun and uh, to leave the event with a shiny and wrinkle-free car. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we, want, we really believe that by having everybody come together for each of these debriefs and keeping them connected, uh, that we can uh, we can humanize this experience for people. And, and, and instead of being really frustrated with the guy in the black Corvette that won't give anybody a point, uh, you get an opportunity to learn that that's Dave and, and that Dave just has his hands full and, and forgot that he needs to give points and, and he can say he's sorry and you can say it's okay and, and Dave will get it right next time. And we've really seen a, mm -hmm. uh, a pretty amazing uh, evolution of culture through this and people really understanding the, the principles of the program and what we're trying to do and buy into it and, and work together to make sure everybody has a great experience. Now, how did the uh, the program come about? Yeah, whose idea was this? <laughs> yeah, uh, Track Night was actually born out of a uh, SCCA marketing team meeting about five years ago. And, and the idea initially was uh, to try to get as many people on track on a single night as possible. And so get uh, tracks all over the country, pick one night and make this this big push that, you know, on June 17th, everybody's going to go and do a Track Night. And nobody in the office really had the bandwidth for it. Um, we're a, yeah. uh, a pretty small team. And when the experiential programs department was formed, this was the first idea that was brought to us from the outside. And I loved it, um, but I knew it wasn't realistic to be able to execute it at a high level of customer service if we did it, uh, you know, 30 venues all at the same time. So yeah, instead, yeah. we looked at it the other way of, you know, what if we did this six times each at 20 tracks across the country? And, and, we developed the idea and uh, took it to the FIA and uh, in the form of a grant application to to kind of vet it to see what the FIA would think about this concept. And uh, not only did we win that grant in the grant process, we were asked to provide them with a operations manual for it um, because they wanted this to be something that after we had tested it and proved the viability of it, that something they could take to other nations and, and give them an opportunity to replicate. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. So that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's very different than your regular track day because it's uh, less time committal and less money. 
Um, and you also don't have the in-car instructor that uh, sometimes is awesome and sometimes is not awesome. Um, you want to talk about the lack of uh, a right seat guy uh, and how that how that all works out? It sounds like it sounds like your uh, your process is pretty well honed. So, yeah, we 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 absolutely see a value to right seat instruction, um, particularly when you're trying to become better at this. But we really wanted this to be a recreational program at its core. And we felt like uh, really making our educational message about etiquette and attitude as opposed to breaking zones and uh, and track out points and things like that gave us an opportunity to get people into the sport, get people into the concepts of performance driving, keep them safe, keep them you – know, really empower them to stay within their, their comfort zone um, without making this a, a really uh, – cloudy message. And what I mean by that is a lot of times when you have somebody who's never been to the track before and you get an instructor that really wants to make sure that they feel uh, the performance that the instructor wants them to feel, um, that can end up in a situation that's pretty intimidating for that new person. And, and frankly, it can end up being pretty dangerous if that new driver's comfort level is exceeded uh, because the instructor is encouraging them to drive faster or, or more aggressively yeah, than they yeah. want to. And, and, and our whole goal here is that we want to make sure that people come out and have fun and get an opportunity to experience the sport. And if they decide this is something they want to be better at, um, we absolutely believe that, that right seat instruction is something that can be a huge tool in that. How, how does it actually work uh, as far as you, you laid out the general time format, you know, 20 minutes on and then a debrief and um, do you guys, I know you guys have instructors on site, um, kind of to watch and, and how, how does your, uh, how does your instruction work, uh, on track night? Yeah, we, we use, uh, the term coach. Uh, we have a novice yeah. coach who works just with the novice group. And then we have a driving coach that works with the advanced group and the intermediate group. Um, our coaches set a tone early. They observe all of the sessions for their groups. They do the, the meetings and the debriefs. Uh, we use, uh, flaggers around the course as, uh, observers. And then we have what, what we refer to as our eye in the sky or our event manager. We, at all of our venues, we put, uh, one of our staff members at the best vantage point that we can. Uh, and obviously okay. you can't see all of the track, um, at all times, but we, we keep a very close eye on people who are, uh, not giving points as they should be. And, and, you know, the etiquette type things, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we do get advanced uh, group drivers who say, "Well, you know, you know, this guy in the novice group is a, is dangerous. He's taken the absolute wrong line through turn three, and uh, we we don't really get too worked up about that because the wrong <laughs> line turn through turn three uh, is where he's comfortable, and and you can't pass in turn three anyway. So if he's going somewhere where the guy behind him uh, isn't able to fully predict that, uh, the guy behind him should be giving him plenty of room anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you you don't want to say after one year that you've got everything figured out, you, you don't want to, uh, we are learning, we are developing as we go, but we, we went 4,200 entries last year with only 18, uh, incident reports. And, uh, of those 4,200 entries, uh, 41% of them were in our novice group and only five of our accident reports were in the novice group. So That's I think pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we've come into something that, um, you know, it's not going to work for a two day, eight run groups per day, 16 session weekend. Um, yeah, but yeah. for three 20 minute sessions, uh, I think it's set, it's all about setting the tone and the expectations up front. 
Okay. How, how are the groups broken out? You know, if somebody that has had some tracking experience wants to come and participate, how do they know like which you know upper level group to kind of put themselves in? Um, you know, we let people self-select their group. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, uh, typically have some questions that we ask in the check-in process that kind of help us validate that. Um, but for the most part, we let folks self-select their group. Now we are very quick to move people up or down if we feel like there's been a, an inappropriate distinction made. Um, and the, dis- the difference between the intermediate group and the advanced group is the advanced group. We, uh, at the tracks that will allow us, we allow passing anywhere on track with a point and intermediate is only in zones. Uh, novice obviously is only in zones and has the pace laps and the additional meetings, um, but, you know, we're, we're very quick to move somebody from intermediate down to novice if we feel like they're having challenges in the intermediate group. And we're, and we're very quick to move somebody up from novice uh, to intermediate or advanced if we feel like they have uh, the, the situational awareness that those groups uh, require. Okay. So, and now last year you said you had 4,200 entries. Um, you know, how many events was that spread over? Uh, we had 89 events last year at 19 venues. Okay. And this year we're targeting 125 events at 25 venues. Oh, wow. And yeah. you guys have, uh, what is it, eight new tracks this year? Um, and uh, I think it's eight. Yeah, it looks like Putnam, um, Palmer, yeah. uh, Pocono, Pocono, Pacific yep. Raceways, uh, CMP, Carolina Motorsports Park, uh, Harris Hill Raceway, and Dominion Raceway. So, um, you know, those are the, it looks like those are the new ones uh, in addition to the ones that you guys have run in the past. Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got another five or six right now that we're in conversations with. That uh, okay. um, you know, <clears throat> we we come to tracks with a very unique proposition. We're we're interested in growing their base. We're interested in growing uh, the population around the sport, and and we're asking for their help with a, a price point that allows us to stay at a, at a hundred and fifty dollar retail product uh, using time that they normally wouldn't use otherwise. And a lot of tracks yeah. are are pretty eager to get involved in that, but they also don't want to. Uh, contract time to us until they figure out who else they have in, in line. So we we tend to be the last people to get dates. Yeah, uh, and, and so we're uh, we're hoping that uh, a couple more have at that list this week. Okay, are you guys uh, are you guys shooting for like over a hundred events this year? Then, or I think one twenty five is realistic. Wow. Oh, I, did I? You, you might have said that already. I didn't catch that. Man, that's a lot of events. <laughs> yeah, we 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 operate off of a. Uh, I had my my field staff in the office last week for some training and and uh, really debriefing our 2015 year and getting ready for 16. And uh, when you really distill this uh, this program down, uh, it's uh, it's two uh, full time SCCA employees and then a field staff of about six uh, mm-hmm. that's at the core of it. Now we do hire. Uh, coaches and, and event administrators at each location that that we utilize to execute those events. But as far as the people that are getting up at three in the morning and getting on the six o'clock flight to fly to the next city to do the next event to get up the next morning at three and get on the six o'clock flight, it's uh, it's a pretty small team. That's yeah, busy, that's, that's got to yeah. be pretty grueling, man. <laughs> at uh, at PRI, we uh, we talked to uh, John Krolowitz, who I think worked with you a bunch last year, and then we're hoping to have Tom O'Gorman on the show uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, the um, uh, Great Lakes, um, yeah, yeah, the Great, Great Lakes, Lakes Racing Expo. Expo. Yeah, yep. yep. Tom, um, uh, Tom, and John, and then uh, Eric Clements out on the West Coast are really my core three. And uh, yeah, if, if you want to understand what this program's about, uh, talking to those guys will tell you everything they need to know. We're, these are guys that just. Uh, love the sport. They yeah. they see the opportunity. You know, really, what what this is all about. What this all 
comes down to is if you look at uh, an area like snow sports, um, if you want to get involved in snowboarding, you go and you, you rent a snowboard and you get a pair of boots and you get on a chairlift and you go to the top and when you get to the bottom, you get to the bottom and you do it again. At the end of the day, you get to go drink a beer and you tell everybody you had a great time and you're really good at it. And in snow sports, <laughs> yeah. uh, n- nobody slaps a number on your back and gives you a slip of paper and tells you that you weren't any good at it. And that's kind yeah. of been the way that we've introduced people to motorsports is if you want to get involved in performance driving, you have to compete. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and this program and everything that we're doing the experiential programs is really about building a recreational base uh, around the competition side of motorsports. And uh, you know, I believe that if you drive home the long way and you roll your windows down and turn your radio up and you've got a smile on your face, that's an act of motorsport. And that's how runners think about running and that's how – Snow sports people think about snow sports, but but motorsports we really get kind of pigeonholed into this. If you're not racing, it's not performance driving or it's not motorsport. And and track days have gone a long way to dispel that, but there's never been a national push for it, and there's never been a uh, something that SCCA has taken a lead on. And and you know what what really makes this program work is that John and Eric and Tom and uh, Jennifer Maccabee in the office and India Bounds, who does all of our customer service stuff, and, and Jim Llewellyn, who's our PR guy. Uh, that group of people have bought into this concept that that we can uh, change what motorsport is. And if we can change what motorsport is, we can we can have a profound effect on the industry. Yeah, John had nothing but good things to say about uh, working with you guys uh, last year. And it was kind of exciting to talk to him about because I, I, I had emailed you at the beginning of the year saying that I would love to help uh, with them. And then none of the dates worked out at Gingerman or any of the local tracks to me uh, because we run our own series of events and stuff and, you know, married and kids and racing and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I was excited to see uh, that it that it worked. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's we definitely – it's new ground for the SCCA, and that's kind of uh, that's my go-to club. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as the other programs, uh, you want to tell us about uh, all the other stuff that you guys are working on? Yeah, you know, uh, Starting Line is is our uh, uh, is entering its third year now, and the way we think of Starting Line, uh, Track Night is your playground, and Starting Line is your gym. Uh, it's a full day facilitated performance driving school that's that uses uh, autocross elements to teach the, the foundation skills of performance driving. And, uh, this, the track is a really scary place to spin a car. It's a really scary place to exceed your, your limits or your car's limits, but starting line, uh, lets you get into an environment where you can really, uh, push yourself, push your car, learn those boundaries. And ultimately, uh, if you're a track driver, uh, you can go to the track and, and drive with a higher level of confidence and a higher level of comfort, uh, and, and really make yourself be a better and safer driver on track. Um, if you're an autocrosser, this is, uh, you know, I kind of think this is the best place to po- best possible place to start. It includes an SCCA membership. Uh, it includes entry into future events. You can add a helmet to it. You can add a Garmin verb to it. Um, it it's just a great package to get you started in performance driving. Cool. Cool. And and you also get an an Evo school uh, instructor, which is not a bad autocross instructor. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely do. And and uh, you know, I we really think of this as as the starting point. Uh, hence the name starting line. But yeah, you know, the 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 opportunity to to get that baseline instruction here and then take that forward to to other evolution products, the phase one, the phase two, the challenge school. Um, it's just a really great progression. And uh, you know, I was. Very fortunate to uh, uh, work with Evo's schools for uh, close to ten years, and 
they just have a fantastic product and being able to, to work with their instructors on this program. Uh, you're, you're getting the very best instructors in the country the first time you come to an autocross site. And, and that's a pretty special thing. How big are the, uh, how big are the normal sites that you use for the starting line schools? Um, normally we just use whatever the regional autocross site is. So, okay. uh, we've, yeah, we've so you're them. using regular autocross sites. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Now, for those that don't know much about the SECA, uh, what's kind of the history of, of the organization? Yeah, you know, uh, SECA was started by a bunch of elitist white guys that wanted to uh, <laughs> <That's> uh, <true. laughs> drink drink cocktails and drive British cars. Yeah, uh, yeah. the The original charter of SECA, uh, there was a list of cars you had to own at least one of, and uh, you had to have uh, endorsement from members. And uh, the if you sold the car, you were kicked out. And uh, there was a big stink in the early '60s because. Uh, they didn't allow professionals, and so guys like Dan Gurney got kicked out of the club because they went to Europe and raced at Le Mans, and that that oh violated the terms. It's like I it's mean, like you sold out, man. You can't be in the club <laughs> yeah, anymore. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, you know, I think the big turning point for the club was in the late '60s, early '70s, when solo nationals and and runoffs became a thing, and uh, we really started to have um, some consistency in in motorsport product because we had those championship events and those championship events had to have rules uh the rules uh got adopted by regions and regional programs and and uh we really kind of transformed from a, a a very social uh uh we, we we transformed from a club to to a motorsports organization um and i think um you know, through the 80s and 90s, that served us really, really well. And that, and those programs grew and, and we had a lot of enthusiasm and excitement around them. And, um, you know, we're in 2016, we're in a little bit different world. And we have a population that's more interested in recreating than competing uh, in general. Um, you know, people run marathons, but they're more interested in their personal best than they are in their finishing position. And uh, so we're we're focused in our department right now on creating those opportunities for uh, for young folks that that aren't as competition driven to still have uh, a really strong place in our club, um, but also introduce them to those competition programs because that's really the core of who we are is is uh, uh, whether it's a regional or national program, but but the racing and the autocross programs are uh, kind of our figure skating and uh, track and field and Olympic model. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm not going to say which one's figure skating. That's that's for you guys to figure out. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing I wanted to ask about was the bracket enduro stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, what's the, the future for the bracket enduro series? You know, we, we are, um, oh, we should probably tell people what it is too. Yep. So, so bracket enduro is, uh, isn't the concept is to take the, the tenets of bracket racing and drag racing and apply it to endurance road course racing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh and, and very simply, uh, one class would be an unlimited class where you could run as fast as you can, as long as you can, and whoever goes does the most laps wins, and it's traditional endurance racing, and, and there's nothing tricky or fancy about it. Um, the other classes, the, the bracketed classes, uh, would have a target time, and your, your team's objective is to stay on top of your target for the entire race. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the trick of this is uh, if you go under your target, uh, we put time in a bank. And you can pay your bank time back on pit lane. Okay. And so this becomes a strategy game. If you know that at the seven-hour mark you're going to have to do uh, brake pads and it's going to take you seven minutes, then you better have seven minutes in your bank coming into pit lane 
because otherwise you're just going to be losing time. But if you're seven minutes ahead of your of your target um, and you go into pit lane and you change brakes in six minutes and 59 seconds, then you didn't lose any time on pit lane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and there's some there's some nuance to it. There's some uh, bracket uh, bank time has a small penalty to it so that you are incentivized to remain perfect instead of uh, instead of going under. But, you know, what it's really all about is um, we wanted to create a product where, you know, obviously uh, there's organizations out there doing a fantastic job getting uh, excitement about motorsports from from affordable endurance racing. Yeah. Um, we want to give them an opportunity to come and be involved in an SCCA product. Um, but we also want something that our current club racers can involve their family in, their friends in. And we want something that our past club racers, you know, we've got people out there that have an MGB sitting in a barn or a garage that needs a, you know, maybe a $10,000 motor to become uh, competitive in club racing. But you can slap a $500 Miata motor from a junkyard in it, and you have the same power to weight ratio as that car had all along, and you're legal and eligible for, for bracket enduro. Uh, yeah, so this, I, th- I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I would love to see more of them. And uh, yeah, it. Uh, you also don't need an official comp license, do you? You don't need a comp license. You don't need uh, to be an SCCA member. But uh, one of the things that really differentiates this program from, from other people in the space is that uh, you can use this as an alternate driving school path. So this is yeah. an opportunity yeah. to come out and race and be a part of an event um, but also get the coaching and uh, and guidance that at the end of the weekend you can get a sign off and have uh, everything you need from a track perspective for an SCCA novice permit, which would let you go uh, club racing the next weekend. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty attractive there. Yeah, it's it's a really there's a lot of cool things about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I actually tried. Uh, I talked to uh, Dick Petulo's in charge of kind of. Yep. He was the guy I was talking to a couple months ago. I wanted to get one run in the evening of one of our grid life events uh, at in uh, at Gingerman Raceway, but it's just going to be too busy there. We won't have the time or the space, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I think it's a it's a really cool. Pro- what are the uh, what are the scheduled dates? I'm seeing one for AMP and uh, at the end of August. You know, uh, we've got one at AMP, and and that weekend in August is going to be a really special weekend for the club because it's also our pilot for the uh, our Targa concept. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, this kind of came together. This actually came together between uh, 11 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. Uh, on my way to the national convention. And I had a 3.45 flight out of uh, uh, Hartsville-Jackson in Atlanta. <laughs> so it was a pretty stressful uh, couple of hours. But okay. um, you know, the, the, the concept is that uh, – and we've had the concept uh, sitting on a shelf for probably three years now of doing uh, – a three-day weekend where you go to three different SCCA regional events uh, and have an opportunity to participate in each. And we tried really hard in 14 and 15 to, to pilot it, and we couldn't get things to line up. Obviously, it's a it's a lot going on. But uh, AMP called me and said, hey, we'd love to – we've got a date. We'd love to have a race. And I called Atlanta Region and said, how about a bracket enduro? And they said, that sounds great. And uh, the next day, I got a call from the National Corvette Museum saying – uh, we've got an open date that uh, Kentucky Region is doing an autocross. Are you guys interested in, in doing something with the track? And I called Kentucky Region and said, hey, what do you guys think about this? And they said, great. And so then I called up uh, the Central Carolinas region, who happens to be at Charlotte Motor Speedway that weekend. And uh, <laughs> out of that, we, we we brought together this, this concept. And so August, uh, uh, I believe it's 12, 13, 14. 
Uh, we're going to start in Charlotte on a Thursday night and uh, get everybody into a hotel and, and get everybody ready to go. And then Friday morning, we're going to autocross at ZMAX, which is maybe one of the best autocross sites in the country. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then head across the street to Charlotte Motor Speedway for some track time and then pack everything up and head down to AMP where the Bracket Enduro is going on. And, and basically what we're going to do is give the Bracket Enduro guys uh, a couple of one-hour pit stops um, where they can come in and, and – wrench on the cars and figure out their strategy and do whatever they want to do so we can get the target uh, participants out on track. Um, and then I think they're going to autocross uh, there at AMP as well and then uh, load up and head to the Kentucky Region Autocross on Sunday uh, at National Corvette Museum and then wrap things up with some track time at uh, NCM. Man, I think so we might have to find a way to make it to all of that, Adam. That, that sounds like a great weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. really the, the, the goal here is that we want to showcase what these regions do. We, we're building this okay. population of new enthusiasts with track night and uh, starting line. And, and this is an opportunity uh, to show people kind of how big the SCCA bubble really is, that we've got three great regions and, and three great tracks that we go to. And we, we autocross and we, we do track days and we rally. Uh, and then, uh, you know, really give people an opportunity to, to experience it. And then the, the two things I think really are going to make this unique is that one, we're going to let people, uh, use the traditional autocross model for two driver cars. So if you and your buddy want to go in and do this together in one car and, and share expenses, um, yeah. you can do that. And then, uh, we're going to give people the option to enter it just for an experience. Um, if you okay. want to sign up for one of the classes and compete for points and, and try to win a trophy, you can. Um, but if you just want the experience of going to these tracks and doing these things, you can do this as a as a purely experiential thing and actually get a little bit more track time that way. Yeah, and it seems like it's really accessible too. You know, you don't have to take a whole week off like some other um, events that are that are out there uh, like that. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's and, and really it's different too. Yeah, it's uh, you're probably getting a lot more track time than your than your traditional lapping of America events. Um, yeah, we we. Uh, we shy away from comparisons there. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it's a similar way. concept because of the road trip, but that's about it. You know. Yeah, it's but. a very different thing. This is really about showcasing. Uh, yeah, th this is the ultimate SCCA uh, weekend adventure. Um, is it, kind of how we're thinking of it, and and there are competitive aspects to it. You can enter it competitively, but what we really want is something that uh, an SCCA member has a kid, has a spouse, has a friend. Hey, let's go do this, and we're going to build it in a way that works for them to to introduce other people to it. Or I've done track night; I don't really know what else I can do with SCCA. Uh, we want to show you three or four things that you can do, and introduce you to the regions around you that do it. So it's um, for us; it's it's not. Uh, I don't think it's really that comparable. I, I think what no, no, what, uh, what, what the guys really cool concept. Yeah, really cool concept. So, um, Where yeah, will registration? Yeah, where will registration be, and when will that open for the Targa? I think we'll probably open Targa registration somewhere around April 1st. Um, my okay. hire date when this position was April Fool's Day, so I try to do all of our important <laughs> stuff uh, on April Fool's Day whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, track night, we're going to be re uh, releasing all of our dates here in the next uh, three or four days, and then uh, March 1st will be our open registration for track night. and. uh okay. Uh, track night will be at tracknightinamerica.com. Uh, Target will probably be at scca.com. And okay. then uh, right now we do have the majority of our starting line school dates open uh, at scca.com. And if I may plug, fun fact, if you sign up for a starting line school between right now and March 1st, you also get a free track night when you sign up for the starting line oh, wow. school. So, oh, wow. Yeah. It's a pretty uh, good deal. A, yeah. 
Now, now your starting line schools, I saw there's like pages and pages and pages of them. Um, yeah. Are those ran in conjunction with a regular autocross event? They are. Uh, we run them in okay. two scenarios. We either run them with a, uh, a regional autocross event that includes your entry into the regional event. Okay. Um, and our instructors stick around for the second day to, to facilitate your introduction to that, uh, that region, that event, help you through tech, all of those, those things that, uh, cool. that can be barriers. Um, yeah, definitely. And then the other thing that we do is we uh, we hold them at our SCCA majors race weekends. Um, okay. We've got a, probably half a dozen of those this year. And uh, in that case, you get the school on Saturday and then you get a gate pass to come back on Sunday and watch all the uh, the majors races. So it, uh, yeah, either way, that meaning the road on. racing. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Our, there are our, uh, championship level road racing events. Cool. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a I didn't know there were so many of those. Uh, I just I was looking at the website when uh, when we were talking. That's that sounds like a really cool way to get people, even uh, you know, track people into the autocross thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, um, and it's it's really a great product for track people because it's it's an opportunity to, as I said before, to, to push your limits in a really controlled environment and get, uh, you know, get one on one feedback on your driving. And and there's nothing that we teach in the school that is not directly transferable to, uh, really any form of performance driving. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, your own self, uh, do you still play with cars or do you just organize all these things? Man, uh, uh, my, my hobby at the moment is farming and our primary crop is children. Uh, <laughs> are you uh, having a bumper year or no? <laughs> we are having a bumper year. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. uh, my daughter was born in October and I've got a three and a half year old boy and, uh, okay. uh, me and the boy spend a lot of time on bikes. Um, Reese White, who's the uh, communications manager for SCCA, and I, uh, we bought a street touring Civic uh, okay. about this time last year, with uh, really high hopes for a lot of a lot of seat time in it. And uh, we didn't even put the key in the ignition until August. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I'm hoping. I, I'm keeping my hopes up. It's, uh, you know, I thought track night was this brilliant idea because it happened on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and that meant I could go race on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that uh, that dad needs to be home on some Saturdays and Sundays. So it's uh, yeah, absolutely n- no complaints. I, I love what we're doing and uh, I, I really enjoy uh, the time with the kids and, and being home is important. But I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to them being a little bit bigger when I can put a helmet on them and we can all go play. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a day I'm looking forward to also with my two year old. Um, yeah, it gets busy, doesn't it? Yeah, it just indeed. gets so busy. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to being the cool uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah, it, we, got, it, we, got a, we got to have plenty of those. Oh, you guys still there? Yeah, yep. I'm still there. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, for the listeners, we're recording on Skype, which we normally don't do, but uh, we're all in three different places. And so once in a while, you got to deal with Skype. And it's when y'all step on each other like we just did, it it gets a little awkward. So. <laughs> I'm probably no going to you 48 minutes without stepping on each other. That's uh, Yeah, that's we're doing pretty good, good actually. This is uh, and the Skype quality I think is better than average. It sounds pretty good, so. Yeah. Um and, and is I, the other thing I wanted to ask, uh, I know you're at Solo Nationals and stuff. What kind of jobs do you do there? Um yeah, you know, for uh for about a 6-year run, I was the communications manager for the National Solo Series. So I ran the Solo Matters uh communication machine as it were. Um, and as part of that, I, uh, I was also the chief of announcers and, uh, I really, uh, you know, the, the stuff that I was able to do at the runoffs was born from that experience. And, um, just another 
amazing team of, of people to work with. Uh, and, and when I started uh, in that, you know, autocross announcing was kind of a, a rote uh, car number, driver name, class, time, penalty, move on to the next one. And, and we've really been able to evolve that um, through this team into a, uh, a storytelling. And uh, uh, so working with that team has is, is kind of become my focus in that event. And, and you know, recently I did uh, trailer the little Civic up and, and go out and knock over some cones with it. But uh, the announced program is a big deal for us. Uh, and then uh, when I took it, the experiential position, uh, one of the charges that Lisa brought to me was to enhance the social uh, component of both solo nationals and the runoffs. Okay. And uh, so we we came up with a concept called Talent and Tacos, which is a grassroots motorsports and SCCA and uh, Lincoln Visitors Center uh, partnership uh, talent show and taco feed. And uh, we took a, <laughs> a 24-foot enclosed trailer to one of the best Mexican restaurants in Lincoln, Nebraska and uh, bought – picked up just – Pounds and pounds and pounds of carne asada and uh, tortillas and uh, guac and the whole bit and uh, went and bought uh, 48 cases of the cheapest Mexican beer we could find and put about 800 people through a Mexican uh, taco and beer party. And, and then uh, our, our good friend J.G. Pasturejack <laughs> from Grassroots Motorsports took that that fantastic setup and somehow morphed it into a talent show. So it was, uh, yeah. it was a good time. Yeah. JG has been a, a past guest on the show. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's, uh, I, I would, I would love to talk to his therapist. There's gotta be an amazing story there. <laughs> He's really good at the internet too. Um, if you read it, if you follow him on Facebook, uh, he's, he's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. He does stand up comedy. Yeah. He's very, he's very funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, uh, the solo nationals are something that we're, one of us is going to try to get there this year. I don't know who it'll be, but, uh, uh hopefully we we'll have a go. presence there. Yeah, I just it, like to see it. There's nothing else like it. Uh, yeah. The, the, the yeah. moment where it really clicked for me this last year, um, one of the things that I was involved in with, with my job initially was this con when we were in, uh, Heartland park, uh, we could rent garages. And so regions would rent garages and they would, uh, very few of them had cars in them. Most of them became the social hub for the region. And when we went to Lincoln, we didn't have the ability to have garages there, obviously. Uh, And so we started looking at renting uh, festival tents. And uh, this year at Nationals on Monday night, uh, there was just uh, a a gully washer, as they say here in North Carolina. And uh, I looked across the site and I could see six different tents. And these are 40 by 40 foot tents. Mm -hmm. And all of them had either Christmas tree lights or some sort of lighting going. Uh, all of them had uh, some sort of uh, adult beverage distribution system. Uh, <laughs> there, there was one that had built a margarita machine out of a 55-gallon trash can and what looked yeah. like a small outboard yeah, I, motor. I think I saw <laughs> that one from a couple of people on Facebook. It's actually and, been talked about on our show, Christian Ship, a friend oh, of ours. Right. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, he talked about it. <laughs> so, so this is all going on, and every single tent is shoulder to shoulder, people under it, and they're all barefoot because there's two inches of standing water on the site, but nobody's leaving. And, and that, <laughs> that sounds and, awesome. And most of them have to be up at six o'clock the next morning to go and compete for a national championship. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's what solo nationals is. It's, 
it's an amazing four to six day tailgate party that happens to have the best autocross in the country adjacent to it. See, I think you guys yeah, need to cool. keep track of how late people stay up and award a little bit of extra, you know, uh, leeway time. Uh, yeah, maybe the give runs. them, you know, yeah. a, a one free cone uh, card or something. Yeah, like yeah. instead of having like a PAX, it, a PAX index, it needs to be like a party <laughs> party the cone index. In, it's a yeah. sleeping index, yeah. <laughs> There's some potential there, you know. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll take that to the committee. Yeah, there you yeah go. I'm sure it'll go over uh, real well. Yeah. Um, uh, if uh, you have anything else that uh, you, that is uh, turning our old club into something new that you want to talk about, or uh, have we covered all the? I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> we're we're pre- we're pretty busy, you know. And um, you know, I, I just I think it's worth pointing out that uh, you know, there's a lot of people in on this. Um, yeah. You know, Lisa Noble uh, was uh, hired as the president the day before I was hired for uh, my position, um, and she's really uh, embraced and, and enhanced the the fun with cars concept for the club. And I think Eric Prill, who's our uh, chief operations officer who handles all of our uh, competition programs. Um, you know, Eric and I are both second gen SCCA guys grew up with families that, that, uh, uh, were at the track every weekend. Um, he really gets it and, and sees the the potential of these new programs to be able to grow the competition programs and, and understands the necessity of the competition programs to be more accessible to, to this new crop that we're working on. Yeah. Um, and then you've got people like Howard Duncan and, and, you know, Howard has been uh, an IT racer. He's been an autocrosser. He's just become the longest, uh, running employee in club history. Um, and uh, you know, generally, if if you leave Howard to his own devices, he'll wear a, a Hawaiian shirt everywhere he goes. And and it's just a really great time for the club because you've got between the four of us, you've got about 125 years of club membership um, and people who really love the club, but also see it for what it is and what its faults are, and uh, and are actively and aggressively addressing those. And so I just I feel really lucky to be involved uh, at at the national level at this time because I I think. Uh, you know, there, there haven't been a lot of opportunities uh, for the club to be aggressive in new directions like we are right now. And, and those opportunities are created by an exec, executive team and a board of directors that that see our opportunity and, and are willing to uh, really take some risks to try to make it happen and, and, and understand that some of these things may not be successful. But um, if we're going to if we're going to grow the sport, if we're going to grow the club, if we're going to grow the the overall industry, this is what we have to do. Very cool, man. Um yeah, it, uh, it it might be a good few years to be an SCCA member. So. I think so. I hope it's more than a few. Yeah, yeah. And I am uh, I also would like to thank whoever came up with the plan of making some majors races only Saturday, Sunday this year. That makes me very happy. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and that, that's part of that whole uh, that whole access thing. You know, we, we've got to we, we are we are learning that uh, that uh, that doing what works for the people who do the things that we do. Uh, doesn't always mean that we can grow. Sometimes we have to do things that work for other people to be able to grow, and and that majors uh, two day concept is a is a great example of that. That that opens up yeah. those events to a whole new population of people. Yeah, it, it does. It it makes things just a little easier and makes me a little bit more excited to try and qualify for runoffs. So I, uh, I do appreciate that. So absolutely, yeah. And um, and uh, and by the way, we've got some pretty decent runoffs tracks coming up for the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, after Mid Ohio this year, Indy, Indianapolis, year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you guys have a configuration in mind for that, or how does that all work now? You know, I I know that we do, and I know what it is by uh, by 
eyesight, but I don't know what it's actually named, so I don't know how to yeah. communicate it to you. Yeah, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of potential layouts there, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, any uh, any other hint in which direction the runoffs will go in 2018? Uh, up. Up. <laughs> up. Okay. <laughs> like like north. Uh, I I think uh, you know we're we're very dedicated to making sure that we make regular appearances on the West Coast, and, okay. and we're talking to uh, every track on the West Coast that is as possible. And I know that. Uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca was a was a great racetrack for us, and we learned a tremendous amount about how to execute an event there. Yeah. Uh, and there's members of the staff that are really passionate about going back there so that we can use that education. Um, but there's also tracks on the West Coast that, that we haven't been to yet uh, that would give us a, a totally different flavor of event than, than Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca could. So it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be very interesting. But I I, I promise you uh, that. Uh, we're, the the runoffs is going to be about bucket list tracks for a long, long time. Very cool, very cool. And one um, thing that yeah, we yeah. we were talking or that we didn't really like key in on at all is any of the the time trial stuff that the SCCA does. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that you know we're interested in or that that are that listen to the show that might be interested in in knowing more about that program too. Yeah, that's actually uh, in my department as well um, because I was. Uh, uh, really starting to get some free time and uh it felt like this was the best way to to uh to <laughs> yeah. negate that um we're actually looking at a full uh revamp for that program for 2017 we're we're gonna stick hold the course for 16 um but uh we're looking at some some rebranding we're looking at uh really branding hill climb as its own product and and giving cool. it an identity and, and an ability to grow um, and then uh, we've we've had this uh, PDX club trials, time trials, track trials uh, thing for a couple of years now that that uh, I think we can do a little bit better with it if we get into some smarter branding. We, we don't need to change the product. We just need to make sure that uh, when somebody comes to a track night event and says, gosh, I want to do more of this, that they can find something immediately that connects with them and in, in what we what our naming is. Um, and then uh, I've uh, I'm giving you guys a little bit of a a uh, sneak peek here because we haven't even released this through SCCA yet, but uh, we've formed two new committees. One is an experiential track committee and one is a competition track committee. Cool. Uh, and these are three member committees that are charged with uh, the, the, the simple task of thinking. Um, I want our, our experiential committee to really think about what an SCCA track day should look like. Uh, what's appropriate? What level of education do we need? Uh, how do we go about instru instructor training and, and potentially certification? And I want to underline the word potentially. Um, and then uh, a track uh, competition committee that looks at whether or not uh, an SCCA track trials or time trials national championship level program is is something that is necessary. And uh, my, my task, my charge to them is that uh, – uh, I don't want to do something that diminishes the value of an SCCA national championship. If we're going to do this, we need to do this on a level that's consistent with what we do with autocross and, and road racing. And, uh, you know, I, I've got some some people that are really passionate and have tremendous history in, in the sport uh, on each of those committees. And, and uh, you know, we we are building track night to get people on the platform of motorsports and that platform needs to be as low as it can possibly be right and we need the next steps on that journey to be as accessible as possible and i feel like uh, track days and and time trial competition and and autocross uh, are are those next steps and so 
putting those products, uh, positioning those products for us is, is vitally important. And so there's a, there's a lot of work going into those programs as well right now. Excellent to hear, man. Very cool. Um, yeah, as far as uh, people that aren't familiar with SCCA, uh, where should they look? Just SCCA.com or uh, where, would you, where would you send them? TrackNightAmerica.com? Or? Yeah, SCCA.com is our hub. Uh, start there and uh, there's a little button at the top that says programs and you can pick autocross or track or rallycross or rally or uh, uh, any number of things to explore. Um, and if you are uh, if you're new to all this and, and really what you're looking for right now is is uh, just an opportunity to get an experience, uh, Track Night has an open gate policy. There is uh, everybody's welcome in. There's no fee to uh, to come and spectate, and everybody who's there can take pace laps at at six o'clock p.m. Uh, we subscribe to the radical theory that the best way to get people excited about driving on a racetrack is to uh, actually let them drive on a racetrack. So it's an opportunity to uh, bring a friend, bring a spouse, bring a coworker, and 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 show them uh, what a racetrack looks like from the driver's seat. And uh, we feel like if we can if we can get that experience, then our opportunity to get people to come back and and uh, drive it uh, in spirit is is uh, absolutely there for us. Very cool, man. Really, uh, really exciting stuff. Um, we appreciate you coming on the show, dude. It, uh, it's been an honor to talk to uh, the man of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to expand your, uh, your your dream selection there. We uh... Yeah, I, I need to stop dreaming about the runoffs championship. That probably won't happen, but uh, yeah, maybe someday. Well, maybe someday. When- one day, one day. Yeah, maybe one day. If you stick in it long enough, maybe everybody else will quit, right? That's that's, that's been my autocross theory for 16 years, and I'm going back on a 17th try this year. So we'll see what we yeah. get. Well, good luck with that, and uh, hope to hope to see you. If we don't see you earlier, hope to see you at least at the runoffs. But fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll buy you a beer. Uh, it, or you'll give me a cheap Mexican one out of a 24 foot trailer. <laughs> you know, I mean, it it's a party either way. Yeah, sounds good, man. Um, yeah, any uh, anything else uh, you want to talk about, Austin? No, I think we're good. Yeah, and, and you're coming up here tomorrow, Brave the Snow. Yep, leaving at like 5 a.m., so uh, I'll be in Chicago for the next two weeks. Rad, man. We're, we're going to have some fun, dude. Oh, yeah. All right, well, uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming out, Hayward, and uh, everybody uh, go check out all of his work. It's not the same old club it was, I guess. So Very, uh, very cool. True facts. Thank you, gentlemen. (laughs) Awesome, man. Have a good night, dude. All right.